your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. At 7.40, let's stay with the theme of the Commonwealth and take a look at what Britain's decision to leave the EU means for those countries. Mr Richard Bourne is a senior research fellow from the Institute of Commonwealth Studies at the University of London. Good morning from Seoul. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. So, can you tell us, as things stand, the status of the UK among the Commonwealth nations, how they would have been feeling about this Brexit decision, whether it would have really had much of an impact on them? Well, I think um, a very considerable sort of political and moral effect. After all, um, the UK has a special situation within the Commonwealth. Um, It is currently the largest subscriber to the costs of Commonwealth uh, enterprises. It's uh, over a third, approximately a third of the a subscription of the Commonwealth Secretariat comes from the United Kingdom. And, of course, it has the historic uh, situation that uh, as countries became independent from the old British Empire, more or less 60 years ago now, um, uh, most, most of them were independent by about 1965. And, of course, countries like Australia uh, and Canada, countries of uh, British settlement, had had a, a, an independence going back to the First World War. Uh, so it had a sort of uh, status within the uh, Commonwealth, which um, uh, is important to this day. And um, traditions of democracy, parliamentary government, things of that kind, um, have been passed on to other uh, member states. So uh, the position of, of the UK in pulling out of, of the European Union um, is very important politically and in uh, the way in which the UK is looked at by other member states. But in your view, is it more likely to strengthen or weaken this Commonwealth? Um, I think that's very hard to forecast. The Commonwealth is a pretty loose association, um, and and yet it has certain strengths. Um, There is a certain pulling together. The leaders meet every two years. Other ministers meet more frequently. Uh, For example, the finance ministers will be meeting in September, and uh, they will be the first group of of, uh, Commonwealth ministers really to deliberate on the impact of Brexit on the association and of individual member states uh, within the um, association. You have to remember the huge range between tiny island states like Nauru and um, a country like India with a huge uh, population over a billion people. Um, This is a very, very um, diverse uh, association. Mm -hmm. But does it provide a platform for Britain to lean on uh, in in the chaos, the panic over losing those trade ties with European Union member states? Well, there are some sort of uh, trade romantics amongst the Leave group, amongst those who were wanting Brexit, who have seen the Commonwealth as, in some sense, a um, substitute for the European Union. In reality, that is not the case now. The Commonwealth represents about 10% of world trade, Um, It uh, it 
could not, uh, even though some member states are ex- expanding their economies very rapidly, uh, one thinks of, of India, of Singapore, uh, and so on. And nonetheless, there's no real prospect of the um, uh, Commonwealth itself being a substitute. Um, those ideas really died before Britain joined the, co- the European uh, uh, Economic Community back in 1973. So I don't think um, that is, is very realistic. Um, on the other hand, trade and investment relations are important between uh, the UK and uh, other Commonwealth, mem- Commonwealth member states, as no doubt we will uh, move on in our discussion. Yeah, well, in, indeed. I mean, I, I just want to ask, though, briefly, as I hear you speak about the Commonwealth as, as, as being um, no longer perhaps what it was under very different historical circumstances, uh, even pre-Commonwealth, as you suggested, with this colonial era that Britain once enjoyed. The fact that you've got that association, does that mean that the Commonwealth is has got a, a deeper foot in the past than the future, or, or can it reshape itself and continue to innovate to to be part of the future of the world? Well, I think there's a lot of optimism about the Commonwealth now, uh, which is nothing to do with Brexit. Um, There has been a change of management. The new Secretary-General, Patricia Scotland, who uh, has dual nationality from Dominica in the Caribbean as well as from the United Kingdom, uh, is um, talking up the Commonwealth in a way that we haven't seen in recent years. Um, she's only been in office since April, so it's pretty early days. Um, but there is a sense that the Commonwealth can start to play a, a bigger role for the development of its developing member states uh, and in the, um, in the broader international community. Um, as I say, it's, it's very early days, and this is quite separate from the UK Brexit decision. Uh, mm. But I think it is uh, giving some hope to people um, who uh, look back to an era of the, in the Commonwealth in the late 80s uh, and 90s, when it was leading the crusade against apartheid, uh, was in, uh, proposing lots of uh, quite far-reaching um, uh, innovations in the area of climate change, uh, in uh, the uh, sort of north-south debate. Um, and I think there is a feeling that actually that kind of um, uh, progress can be, um, can be found again. Is it fair to say that Brexit, you know, it's really an indirect impact then on, on not just the Commonwealth as a whole, but on Britain's individual relationships with Commonwealth nations that uh, as far as business as usual is concerned, there won't be any particular legal changes, for example? Well, I think there could be some um, significant changes. For a lot of other Commonwealth states, the UK's participation in the European Union has seemed very important. Uh, And um, so, for example, if the um, uh, Britain pulls out, then uh, the development funding from the European Union might well go back to the situation prior to Britain's accession, which was very francophone. So francophone African countries were the chief beneficiaries. After the UK joined, Commonwealth countries um, around the world, developing countries, started to benefit. Uh, So there was... um, 
uh, quite an important um, uh, change uh, is at risk there. And also, um, you have to remember that for a number of Commonwealth, uh, successful Commonwealth economies, I'm thinking of uh, South Africa, of Canada, of India, um, the UK has been seen as a jumping-off point uh, for access to the European market. And hence, you've had these very large investments, for example, of Tata, the Indian uh, 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 consortium, a uh, very large uh, company active in British cars, in British tea, uh, in British steel. Um, this might well not have happened, but for Britain's role within the European Union. So I think a number of those issues are being looked at again by Britain's Commonwealth partners. Yeah and by the particular businesses who've uh, invested actively in the UK. Singapore and Malaysia, for instance, have invested heavily in the British property market, particularly the London property markets, the um, uh, major development of the uh, Battersea Power Station site has been undertaken by the Malaysians. Uh, So I think a lot of uh, kind of quite specific connections are being looked at again. Um, there will be some losses, I think, or um, uh, uh, undoubtedly, but there may be some gains also. The cane sugar producers of uh, the Caribbean, who were worried very much about um, the subsidies for European beet sugar, um, may uh, hope uh, that uh, you know access will um, be strengthened to the important British market. Mm. So there are a lot of very individual kind of relationships here. It's fascinating. I mean, obviously, it is uh, an era of uncertainty, uh, of potential opportunity, but also uh, some fearful forecasts there as well. Mr. Bourne, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Richard Bourne from the University of London. Our email's open to our listeners at all times, EFM this morning at gmail.com.